just had a sense during praise and worship um, that, you know, God has parameters called his government and that sometimes we want to push against those parameters um, for him to meet something that we're, it's either if it's a circumstance or emotional something, we want him to just, I can't quite verbalize the way I feel it. We want him to move those parameters for us, basically. Make an exception for us. And so we, we, we live in, in that area as a place of turmoil in our lives because it just isn't changing and we feel like we're hitting our head against the wall. And like Paul, when he was going to Damascus, he was going to imprison Christians for preaching Jesus. He thought he was doing the right thing. But they were doing something that was not in his parameter of what he thought God was saying and God was doing and who God was. And God had to kick him off the donkey and say, no, you need to change your parameters, and you need to come under my government. And, 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 that's, where you, and that's where we find our peace in those areas sometimes. It's not every time, but oftentimes that's what we're doing is we're fighting against parameters and government that he has, that he has set in order. So um, <laughs> really what it boils down to, uh, uh, I, I was talking to my daddy the other day, which I talk to him almost every day, but uh, he'll always throw them little one-liners in, you know, and it, you just think, well, man, <laughs> that's good. But, uh, you know, he told, he said, son, he said, he said, you don't try to make God get in agreement with you. He said, you get in agreement with what God says. And I was like, well, you know, that, that sounds pretty good. You know, so uh, we have to see things. And, and uh, I've got several scriptures this morning, and I don't, you know, uh, I, I had planned to speak on this a couple of weeks ago. And it got changed, and it seemed like now it's, it's got changed again too. So, um, y'all just pray for me that I'll be sensitive to what the Lord has, has laid on my heart. I mean, for for right now, for this moment, you know, this these scriptures that I have, the, the studying that I've done, it's not going to spoil. It's it, it's for a time, but I'm going to try to just the the worship service that we just had, the the word that Laurel had. I think is is kind of where we need to hang out at for just a little bit and just see things the way God sees them and see things the way God has set them up for us. Um, um, uh, a good example, uh, Trish, you don't mind if I pick on you for just a second, do you? <laughs> uh, I don't have Facebook or anything, but Michelle's got it, and uh, I got a, a good friend. He, he does a lot of horse riding, and uh, he goes somewhere almost every week, and I'll just say, Michelle, let me see your phone. You know, I like to keep an update on him, and uh, I'll just flipping through there trying to find him, and I seen something that Trish posted. And it kind of goes along with, you know, we, we've got to see things the way God sees them, not the way we think we see them or the way we think they should be, but the way God sees them. And and I, I don't know it word for word, but I thought, you know, that's a that's a good that's a good frame of mind to have. But uh, she was saying that, you know, she's got to get up, go to work, go to a business, take her kids to school, uh, you know, cook supper. But you know, she was she, she, having to do these things. But then she says, you know, thank God I have a house that I can clean. Thank God that I have a husband that I can cook for. Thank God that I have children that I can, I get to take to school instead of having to take to school. I'm in business with, a, with my husband. Thank God that we have a business we can go to. Thank God I get to clean my house. You know, and that's, that's, where, that's where we get hung, we get hung up on all this stuff that, that really don't matter. It's like, we having to do this. You know, and, and, and um, I, I'm, I was the same way about six months ago. You know, I've been praying for things about our business and, and uh, just, you know, the direction God wants us to take. And, and, uh, and two, you know, God's laid on my heart to do things, you know, as far as the ministry. And I, and I see 
and have shared with Michelle, and we're in agreement that, that our business is going to help us do a lot of this stuff. You know, God, it's, it's a business that God has blessed us with, and we're going to return what God has blessed us with to, to help further his kingdom. But at one point about six, seven months ago, I was getting so caught up in my business and trying to run this business that I was leaving God out of it. And that business was taking all of my time, and it was taking up all of my thoughts. Instead of it being a business, it become an idol because the time that I should have been spending in prayer, uh, in the Word, spending time with God, I was spending it on that business. And I said, okay, okay, so I'm going to get back to doing, God, what you have called me to do. And he told me about two years ago, he said, let the things that matter, matter. Let the things that matter, matter. And he said, you help me take care of my business, and I'll take care of yours. And so I said, all right, Lord. So uh, translate this, you know, <laughs> break this down a little bit. He said, it's just as simple as it can be. Let the things that matter, matter. Keep your mind, keep your eyes on me. And, um, you know, this praise and worship that we had this morning, you know, even, even though it was, you know, it was off the CD or whatever, it was anointed. And one of the songs says, my eyes are set on you, my heart is set on you, you have my attention. And that's where we, my, our eyes need to be set on him. Our heart needs to be set on him. Lord, you have my attention. And the other one, you have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, our living hope. He has broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, our living hope. Jesus Christ, our living hope. And no matter what we have going on, no matter what it looks like, if we would just, just come back to that, that first love, Jesus Christ, our living hope, nothing else matters. How many of you have ever uh, been to uh, Dr. Robert and, and got an adjustment, you know, a chiropractic adjustment? Well, you know, sometimes uh, getting those adjustments, you leave a little bit sore than you than you than you were when you got there. But uh, nevertheless, it's an adjustment back in the right direction. But saying that to say this, you know. Most of the time when I go to a doctor, I'm like, Lord, I, just heal me, Lord. I don't have time. I don't have time to go to the doctor. I don't have time. But if you've ever been to Roberts and, and you get there and, uh, you know, he'll have you lay down on your face and he'll do all these adjustments. Then he'll turn you, get on your back. And then when you roll over on your back and you look up at the ceiling, there's a, a sheet of paper, a, a printer paper with a hand on it that's pointing right down at you that says, Jesus loves you. And I mean, you're there to get, get adjusted because you, you know, you put it off, wait till the last minute when you should have went two weeks ago and it wouldn't have been so bad. It, but you don't have time to do it, you don't think. But then, then you really don't have time. You don't have any choice and you have to go get adjusted. And when you roll over and look up, there's a hand pointing down at you that says, Jesus loves you. Now, you can't tell me that over however many years he's had that practice there that that hadn't ministered to somebody. Just Jesus loves you. They might not have felt good when they left physically, but they remembered that Jesus loved them. And that's what we just got to get back to the simple, the most greatest thing, Jesus loves us. We're having communion next next week I challenge you all that from now till next Sunday to just remember remember what he has done um, somebody if you will turn in your Bible to uh, Isaiah 53 and 5 
And this is none of this. This I'm just winging this, okay? This is none of my none of my notes. It just whoever has it, just say, just just start reading it. It doesn't matter. Anybody? I can turn to it and do it if you. <laughs> Hold on just a minute. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Anybody got the King James? But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we were healed. That, that, that's what we need to remember. That, that's what we need to, no matter what's going on in our life, that's what we need to remember. Just get back to the basics. Let, let the things that matter, matter. Daddy asked me again the other day, he said, son, you know, we we're talking about why as, as much as uh, Christians have to offer others, you know, as, as much has been done for us, and then we receive Christ and we become Christians, we become saved, you still got people trying to, trying to get saved. Trying to trying to be saved, trying to act saved, trying to, you know, perform the acts of being righteous, and and it just you get bogged down in doing that so much you just can't even accept that it's already been done for you. He said, he said, Casey, he said, have you ever committed righteousness? And I said, it's a trick question, ain't it? I said, no. He said, well, Jesus never committed sin either. He said, but he was made sin so we could be made righteous. So we, we've never committed righteousness, but we've been made righteous because of what Jesus, what Jesus has done for us. For God so loved the world, for God so loved the world, for God so loved you and me, that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, are you a whosoever? How many whosoever's do we have in here? That whosoever believed on him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. That's who we are. We are a whosoever. I, I claim that. God, you died, you died for me. And, you know, part of, part of what I was going to speak about today was who are we and why are we here? And I'm probably not even going to get to that because it just doesn't seem, part of it fits, part of it doesn't. But um, I do have a little bit of commentary here. I've got a Kenneth Copeland Bible and a lot of these scriptures and a lot of these verses that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll just break down a couple of verses and just write some commentary on there. And I was just studying it and reading it the other day. And, and um, this is a commentary out of uh, Romans 8 and 2 that I was looking at this morning. But uh, Romans 8, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who are walking not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Now, we know this, but do we remember it all the time? This is what Jesus has done for us. We know this, but do we always remember it? Do we always keep, this is what he's done for us. 
so that we don't have to spend the alternative in hell. Jesus freed us from the law of sin and death. Now, like I'm telling you, this was just about five minutes ago, ten, ten minutes ago, I was reading this, so I'm just, I'm just going to get away from this for a minute. But the spirit of resurrection life in Christ Jesus lives in the born-again human spirit. The law of sin and death that came on mankind when Adam bowed his knees to the spiritual outlaw in the Garden of Eden was superseded by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The resurrected Jesus, the Lord of glory, said, I am he who lives. Though I was dead, look, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. It says, the moment you were born again, your old sin-ridden spirit inherited from Adam immediately died in death of the cross and a new creature in Christ Jesus was born completely free from the law of sin and death. The, that new creature was reborn full of God's own faith. Reborn full of God's own faith. The moment you were born again, your old sin-ridden spirit inherited from Adam immediately died the death of the cross and a new creature in Christ Jesus was born, completely free from the law of sin and death. Now we know there's nothing wrong with the law except that, 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 that we're not perfect and we can't live up to the law. But Jesus came and perfected the law in us so that whatever we come against whatever comes against us. We have the overcomer that lives in us. Jesus Christ has already overcome sin and death. He has already overcome the law. And this is what we need to remember. We need to remember that we are overcomers. We are overcomers. And that salvation is the greatest miracle of all. And he has made us kings and priests unto our God. We have been made to sit together as joint heirs with our blood brother, Jesus. So, um, Hebrews 2, turn to Hebrews 2 and 11. Is everybody there? <clears throat> Hebrews 2 and 11. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all one. So he who sanctifies and the ones that has been sanctified, which is us, it says, we are all one. For this reason, he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Not ashamed. He is not ashamed to call me his brother, to call us his brother. And it says that he has been seated in heavenly places, and we are seated with him in heavenly places. Not this scripture, but the, the Bible says that. Jesus conquered the devil and all his demons in awful combat in the pit of hell and has put them under our feet. We have been given Jesus' anointing and the power of attorney to use his name. We have been charged by him to go into all the world and do the same works and greater 
that he did, doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. How can you choose to operate in the law of the spirit of life, Jesus said. The words that I speak to you are the spirit and our life. Choose his words, put them into your heart and into your mouth, just as the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus, is activated by words. Words of death, doubt, and unbelief activate and draw to you, to you the law of sin and death. Your words have authority. God's words in your mouth activate the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus because faith-filled words spoken from a heart full of faith dominate the law of death. That's how you were born again. You believed and then you received. So I guess this morning you know what what I believe that the Lord is, is just wants you to remember get back to the basics. It's just like Miss Laurel said when she said what she said I knew right then and when we were, you know, the praise and worship, I knew that it's, we, we have got to be kingdom-minded. We have to have kingdom vision. We, we live in this earth. That, that's, that's, you know, that's a no-brainer, but we're not of this world. We are of a heavenly place, and we have to be kingdom-minded to see things the way God sees things. We have to line ourselves up. God is not going to line himself up with us unless what we're lining ourselves up is in his word. So we have to line ourselves up with God, and we have to see things as God sees them. Change the way we see. We have to change the way we think, change the way we speak, change the way we act to line up with God's word. And it just comes by practice because you've been doing, I'm not saying you have, but I'm saying Overall, people do things over a length of time. They get used to doing things that way. Maybe it's not all wrong, but there may be need some adjustment that you need to do. And to, to be effective, because once you get saved, it doesn't just end there. Then, then you are called to go into all the world and do what's already been done for you. To spread that gospel, to share that love, to demonstrate that love. But until we, we can go through the motions, we can get up here and go through the motion on Sunday, we can, we can call people just because it's the right thing to do, just checking on them, well, just, just checking on you, well, why? Because God so loved the world. He sent his only begotten son to save me. And because of God's love that he shed on me, it compels me to want to love somebody else. That's why I do it, not because I have to, because I love Geneva, because I, because I, I love Miss Cleveland. I love Kevin and Trish. I don't just call you because it's, I'm just clearing my conscience. I, I love you, and I love my family. I don't just correct them because, because I, <laughs> it's the right thing to do. I correct them because I <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> but you know that that leads to something else. You know, Daddy, uh, he 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 never really spared the rod on us. You know, and and there's a lot of things that uh, you know we didn't get a a whipping just every day. Well, well, Mama did. Mama whipped us every day. <laughs> Whip me, hit me, beat me. <laughs> punch me, whatever she had to do, you know, but uh, it, she wasn't the kind of mama that would say, you wait till your daddy gets in, you're going to get it. She said, you wait till your daddy gets in, you're going to get it again. That, that's the kind of mama I had, but she was full of compassion, and my daddy was full of compassion, and because he had compassion on us, they corrected us. You know, you can call it punishment, you can call it, you can call it Correction, you can call it whatever, but I call it compassion. You know, because if he didn't have compassion on us and didn't love us, they they they'd have probably just said, "I ain't fooling. I've been I've worked all day. I ain't fooling with that." But because he loved us, and because he had compassion on us, he 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 corrected us, and and 
always been a man of his word. You're going to get a whipping today. <laughs> you know, I don't know when, but you're going to get a whipping today. <laughs> Why can't you just go ahead and let's get it? But, but we have to see things. We have to step out of our box and see things the way God sees things. And that's, that's, we probably won't never see it fully, but we can practice it. We can get in a habit of, Lord, here's my heart, here's my eyes, you have my attention. What, how, how am I supposed to see this? Lord, what am I supposed to do? You know, how, how am I supposed to speak to this thing? And, and we line ourselves up with God's word. You know, it, it's not, you know, Jesus. We never see Jesus in, in the scripture. We never see where he had trouble being Jesus. But, but you can read in there where he had trouble doing what God had called him to do. He said, Lord, if there be any other way, he said, please remove this cup from me. So what he did as, as, as flesh and blood, we can do as flesh and blood because he's already gone through it for us. But it wasn't easy, but he did it. He is the example. But it's not going to be easy for us, but the more we get used to operating the way God sees us, and the more we get used to seeing things and looking at things not from, oh, I've got to wash the dishes. Thank God I have dishes to wash. From that, that mindset of it, that perspective of it, then we're going to always be just defeated, you might as well say, because you're looking at it from, from a worldly standard instead of from a blessed standard. And we are blessed because our Father in Heaven is blessed. And we're supposed to act blessed. We're not supposed to just pretend it, but we're supposed to be blessed. Because our Father is blessed. And, and we've, we've got a nice house. I'm, I'm proud of our house. We've got three or four vehicles. We've got four wheelers. We've got this. We've got horses. We've got that. And, and I'm not blessed because, because of me. I'm blessed because my Father has blessed me. He says in Deuteronomy, that he has given us the ability to obtain wealth, to establish his covenant on this earth. We don't have the ability to obtain wealth just to do what we want to do with it. It's so, man, them Christians over there, they, they got it going on. They, they, they got a nice house. They got nice cars. They wear nice clothes. Well, what do we need to do to be like that? Well, you just got to receive Jesus, and you got to love others, and you got to put God first. That's all. That's all. But we do. This world we live in, we get so caught up in, in the things that, that I was thinking this morning. Well, I'm going to send Ryan and Will back over here to this job, and I'm going to come up here to Tipton and get this one started. And maybe by Tuesday, I'm thinking... Lord, this is your day. You know, let me just wind this thing down because here I am already getting Monday started and I haven't got through Sunday yet. And so I said, Lord, forgive me. You know, Monday's going to take care of Monday because we're going to trust in you and, and we're going to let you work through us and, and, and we're going to pull Monday off because you're going to be there with us. And I I'm going to go home and probably just take me a nap like I normally do and, and, and wait till Monday to get here. So, you know, we, we, we have to train ourselves. We, we can't train ourselves to, to be something that we're not, but we can train ourselves to be something that we were created to be in the first place. And, and, you know, things that, that have gone on in the world, you know, little bitty things creep in, you know, and in another generation, what, what wasn't okay this generation, now this generation is okay, and, and this generation, what wasn't okay, and the next generation, well, that's not so bad, you know, that, that's the world that we live in. But we got to draw a line in the sand and say, 
That's not scriptural. That's not biblical. That's not the way God sees it. That's not the way God operates. I'm going to operate the way God operates. I'm going to see things the way God sees things, and I'm going to call those things that are not as though they were. And I'm going to live my life according to this word, and I'm going to let the things that matter matter, and I'm going to help God take care of his business, and his business is people. And that's what he has called us to do. And nothing else, nothing else matters. He said, as, the word said, as, as, as beautiful as Solomon was and all the clothes and fine linen and all the jewelry that he had, that flower that grows wild out there in the field was more beautiful than all that. And that's the God that we serve that created that flower. And if he cares so much to, to dress up that flower that's going to be dead tomorrow, what the Bible says, going to be burned tomorrow, then how much more does he love us? And we've got to understand that God so loved me that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's what matters. And when we, when we just get back to the things that matter, not to say that, you know, the rug might not be pulled out from under your feet every now and then or something might ruffle your feathers. But if we, if we just get back to the things that matter and keep that in the center, keep God in the center, that's, that stuff is not going to uh, have a, so much of an effect on us as it used to because that, that problem is not who we serve. We serve God. That dude over there that wants to just act like that he's just your, your biggest enemy that, that, that that's my brother the bible says to pray for him am i going am i going to go over there and say how about me and you just come out here to the street and solve this now or am i going to say brother whatever you're going through i don't know what it is if i've done anything forgive me but lord bless you that's what the Word says to do. So are we going to line ourselves up with the Word? Or are we going to try to say, God, well, he had that coming. You know, justify me beating the brakes off of him. You know, no, that ain't, it ain't going to work. It ain't never. It ain't ever, and it ain't going to start. We've got to change the way we look at things and the way we perceive things. we got to do it. We've got to see it through God's eyes. It's just like getting up here and praising and worshiping God. The only way you can really do that effectively is to have a relationship with him. You have to be in relation. You can't just get up here and sing or talk or, or about something you don't know. I can't come up here and tell you how to build an airplane. I don't really like them. I don't really know anything about them, so how am I going to tell you how to build one? So you have to have a relationship with God. You have to have a want to, a desire. Lord, I, I mean, I, I desire to have a relationship with him. That's, that's, that's first and foremost in my life is my relationship with God because he loved me first. And we have to just slow our roll and just get back to what matters. And, and Jesus died for me. He shed his blood for me. He took those stripes on his back for my healing. He was beat. He was bruised. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. So bad that he wasn't even recognized. He done this because he loved me. He loved you so much. And we have to keep that in remembrance. This is what you've done for me, Jesus. This is what, every day, Jesus, this is what you've done for me. Because God loved me. This, this, this plan was laid out before the foundation of the earth. It says, in the beginning, in John, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And then right on down there in verse a few verses later, it says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God had never planned for us to be apart from him. 
never planned for us to have to go through the things that we've gone through. But he has made the way. He has made the way. And he loved us so much that he let his son take our place. What we should be done, what, what, what should happen to us, he let his son go through so we wouldn't have to. And that's what matters. That is what matters. Jesus loved me, this I know. Jesus loved me. I heard Creflo Dollar say one time, you know, you know, all you see most of the time, all the, all the, the, the these evangelists and these ministries that are on TV, you know, they, they put the positive out there. They put all the, the good stuff out there, the, the people that they're reaching, what, what you, know, you know, the money that, that's brought in, what, what's being done with the money. But behind the scenes, you know that, that hell and everything they got is coming against these ministers. But you don't ever hear them speak about that, but it does come. You know, they are targeted. The enemy can't stand it. But he said, every morning when I get up, I say, Jesus loves me, and that's all that matters. Jesus loves me, and that's all that matters. That's why he keeps going. That's why he keeps doing what he does, because Jesus loves him and died for him, and that's all that matters. So I'm going to just go ahead and wind it down right there. But we are righteous because of what the righteous one did for us. And that's what matters. It's what Jesus has done for us. That's what matters. And that's what, I mean, it's just so simple. And we cannot let the things of this world, we cannot let the, the, the hustle and bustle of this life distract us from what matters. Jesus is the center. He is what matters. He is what brought us from where we were to where we are. And without him, it's like Cornell said, it says it in Acts, that it's in him that we live and breathe and have our very being. And without him, nothing else, what would matter without him? What, what would be the purpose? What would be, what hope would there be without Jesus? What hope would there be without Jesus? So just, just, I challenge you or just try you to this week just to the things that have been coming up and just been a thorn in your side, just, just give them to the Lord. Just, just, Lord, you're the only thing that matters. Lord, you are what matters. And I'm not going to let the trials of this life get me down. I'm not going to let what he said get me down. I, and I'm not going to let what they said about me that ain't even true get me down. Jesus you are what drives me. Jesus, I am going to follow you. Jesus, I'm going to love you. I'm going to say what your word says, Lord, and nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. And to just find time, find whatever, whatever, whatever you've been doing during the week that maybe hinder you from spending time with God, just, just, just try it for seven days. Just, just put it down and spend, just spend that quality time with the Lord. Say, Lord, I, I want to see things the way you want me to see things. I want to do things the way you want me to do things. I want to speak the way you want me to speak. Spend time with him. Spend time with him. He'll reveal it to you. He'll, he'll share it with you. He'll, he, cause he doesn't keep anything from us. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, and they are the plans of a good future and a plan for you to prosper. So he's not withholding himself from us. But we tend to, if we have time, try to fit him in. And that's just, that's just not enough. That's not, that's not what required of us. He is supposed to be first with everything. We're supposed to trust him first. Trust him first. Put him first. Him in the center of everything that we do. Of everything that he's called us to do. Don't try to, the things that he has called you to do, don't try to figure it out. 
within yourself. Trust in him that he's going to show you to do what he's called you to do because he's going to get the glory for it, not us. He's going to get the honor for it, not us, but we'll get the victory. But just trust in him. Just trust in him. Um, yeah, I just, I feel, when I was sitting over there, the Lord just really dropped something in my heart. I feel like he wants us to do as a, as a church. I don't know about you, but what I've been hearing the past um, few weeks from the Lord, what he's saying to us as a body, is this place into maturity and responsibility. Y'all hearing that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, but here's the thing. This word that, that Brother Casey had and, and the word that came out today about coming under his government and getting in his ways and his purposes and, and put him first. Well, we know part of his government is um, love him first. And if you love your family, brothers, mothers, sisters, more than him, you're not worthy of him. So part of his government even in those areas most precious to our hearts, the family members, he comes first. And I know that we've done that. For, we've done that. But at the same time, when, the, the, when we get under his government, we reap the benefits of that government. And there are promises where our family is concerned. When we get under his government, those promises belong to us. When, when, when Paul was in prison and the walls shook and all the chains fell and the doors flew open and the jailer thought all the prisoners had escaped, he was going to kill himself because he was responsible for those lives. And Paul said, no, don't go anywhere. We're here. Don't kill yourself. And he gave a promise to them. And the jailer said, how do I get saved? And he said, follow Jesus, basically. I'm paraphrasing. And you and your household. That's not just your living in your, over your roof. That word means your family, your extended family. When we get under God's government, there are promises for our family. And I just felt like the Lord wanted us to do this as a body. We're coming into the holiday seasons. Thanksgiving, Christmas, family-oriented time. And there's most everybody in here, if not everybody in here, has family members we need to see miracles in. We need miracles in our families, don't we? And I feel like we've been getting this word from the Lord about responsibility, and we are, and doing what he wants us to do. But when we try to step out and do something, what does the devil do? That family member, he pulls on that string to distract us, to pull us aside. And I feel like not only does God want us to keep our distraction right, but he wants to do miracles in our family, to start bringing these things and seeing God's hand move in our families. And, and I heard this, that he wants to do miracles, that he wants us to begin to release our faith. And I think if we as a body, between now and the first of the year, let's all as a body begin to pray and unite our faith for all of our families, for miracles in our family. God wants to do that for us. God wants to do that, and he can he wants to do miracles for us, to see those loved ones come back, to see those loved ones get healed, to see those loved ones get saved. Can we do that? I really believe God wants to take some burden off of us for those things so we're more freed up because he sees our hearts are being positioned to really go after him, and the devil hates that. <laughs> he sees our hearts really being positioned to thy kingdom come, thy will be done. He sees us getting serious about this. And so he's saying, yeah, well, let me come in here and help then. Let's get some of this off you. What do y'all think? And do you have something before we pray over families? Do you want to say? Yeah. Well, I just really, so I don't know what I want to say. <laughs> Basically, I just want to make myself available at the end to be able to pray for anybody who wants prayer. And I just want to encourage us as a body to just you know, maybe stay behind just a little bit to pray for people. Or if you need prayer, obviously, <laughs> uh, just stay behind a little bit afterwards. But everything else that's already been shared, I don't really feel like I, I have much to add. I mean, I do, but I don't want to make this go forever. <laughs> what what Miss Laurel was just talking about now, there, you know, there is a real heaven and there is a real hell. 
And the greatest miracle of all is for salvation. And she just announced to her what's, to us what's on her heart as far as us agreeing together and praying for these family members, for our families. And, and Jesus, everything he did was intentional. Everything God does is intentional. It has purpose. And we, if we're going to do this, we need to be intentional about this and not just say, yeah, I'm going to pray and then not do it. So I don't know if we need to send out something to where we can, everybody at, the, at, at every morning at 8 o'clock, we're going to stop what we're doing corporately and just take five minutes and pray. Or, or, but this needs to be intentional. I, I don't want any of my family I don't want any of my family going to hell. And there's family that I have that I know if, if demonstrated by the way they live, that if they don't change, I, you know, I don't know whether they truly have accepted Jesus Christ in their heart or not. All I do is, is go off about the way they live their life and what they put first, you know, and I'm not judging. I'm just looking at the fruit. But some of them I know that have, that have, that have, God doesn't intervene, and, and prayer and fasting ain't taking place for them. They, they're not going to wind up where they need to wind up. So I have family that, that I'm probably not going to be able to witness to. But, Lord, send the laborers. You know, Michelle has family that she's probably not going to be able to witness to. I don't care who witnesses to them. I don't care how they make it to heaven. I don't, I, I don't need the credit. I just want to see them there. And so if, if, if Miss Laurel happens to run into one of my second cousins down in Valdosta one day that, 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 that don't even know her, that she don't even know who they are, I'm good with that. You know, but we need as a body, we need to be intentional about this. Don't just say we're going to do it. But, I mean, set, set down a time every day. What, what's five minutes out of your day compared to eternity? Yeah, there, there's things that maybe, you know, is going to come up and get in the way, but it's a distraction from doing what God has called us to do. And we need to be intentional. Need to be intentional. Earnestly, earnestly. Put these people, when you see a face don't come to your mind, or whether if it's in your family, whether if it's not, pray for them. Intercede for them. Hold them up to the Lord. And so I don't know how, how we can do it where everybody can be on the same page. I, believe, I just believe if everybody in this body is doing it all at the same time, every day, I just, I just believe there's power in that. So... Do you have something to say? Was you raising your hand? To have <laughs> well, we can actually, if you want to, Wednesday nights, my house at prayer. Let's do that. For an hour, we can pray in tongues for 15 minutes, see what God says about next, next year, where he carrying all of us as individual and one love. So my house, Wednesday, six o'clock. Is that good for everybody? 5.30? Okay, six o'clock. We can start this Wednesday. Oh. Y'all know where I live? Okay. pray let's let's all stand up and let's just pray right now for our family how about that thank you father yeah <laughs> father, oh, there goes my coffee thank you father in the name of jesus in jesus name yeah we receive that word father we receive that word and we do decide and we do choose in every area of our life that kingdom come to submit ourselves to your will being done yeah your pleasure your pleasure 
Yeah, thank you, Jesus. And you know, we know, Father, that when we pick up your interests, then you pick up ours. When we care for the things that are on your heart, you care for the things that are on our hearts. This is an exchange. This is a, a covenant. And so right now, we lift up these family members to you. Every one of them. Every one of them. Those impossible situations, those impossible circumstances, nothing is too difficult for you. And your hand is not too short and your arm is not too short that you cannot say. You see, you know, you deliver. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we set ourselves in agreement with your will where our family members are concerned. And right now, in Jesus' name, we speak healing, we speak deliverance, we speak salvation. In the name of Jesus, to every family member represented here in this house, in Jesus' name, we bind every work of the enemy and every work of the evil one it, from working in their lives in the name of Jesus. We serve you noticed. We take authority over you right now in Jesus' name. And we declare we will no longer be intimidated by your lies and by your threats in Jesus' name. And we declare the promises of God over each and every one of our family members in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you for angels working in their lives in the name of Jesus. We thank you for protection. We thank you for their eyes being opened in the name of Jesus. For scales falling from their eyes in Jesus' name. And for hearts being turned. For questions beginning to rise and bubble up. For hunger beginning to stir in their hearts. For desire. For chains falling off. We expect miracles. We expect to see and hear miracles in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We ask you for miracles in the name of Jesus. Miracles. Miracles, 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 miracles. You are still alive. You are still working. And you are still doing miracles today in the name of Jesus. Miracles. You want them for us. Miracles, miracles. We believe you for miracles. You are a God of miracles. Your miracle-working wonder power in their midst and in their hearts and in their lives. In Jesus' name. Broken relationships be made whole. In Jesus' name. Come home, come home, come home. Not just a physical home, but home to the embrace of the family. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we break down that wall of barrier and that wall of separation that's been built by the evil one. We tear it down now in Jesus' name.